now, from the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with my daughter, Kaylee, and my fellow Your Story Travel Guide friend, Gina. And we hope and pray that you are all staying safe and happy and healthy. This is episode 635, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. Simply email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com to book a trip or to get a free quote. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your reservation, so please contact us today. So today we continue our series of Walt Disney World Resort reviews. We hope that you're finding these reviews helpful because we understand that when you choose to stay on property, the process for choosing a resort can be very overwhelming and confusing. We hope this series has helped clarify a few things for you. In our last resort review a couple of weeks ago, we talked about part one of the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground review. There were so much to cover that we had to split it into part one and part two. So today we're going to wrap up the Fort Wilderness Resort and camp, get Campground review with part number two. As a reminder, this resort is considered a moderate resort. And for some reason, I don't like the word campground today. There is still a lot to cover, which is unbelievable, Gina, because we did this with Miranda and the first part, and it seemed like we talked forever, and now we're here we are again. So we're going to again try to give you highlights and address uh, burning questions that you might have. We're also going to provide any insights and, chi and chime in with our own perspectives and experience and recommendations that we know about from things that we've seen and or heard from other clients. So Kaylee is going to kick us off right now give us a brief summary of our part one review and she's gonna dive right into part two so that we can share all this good information with you guys. Yeah, so briefly recapping part one from a couple weeks ago. If you have trouble deciding between a family campground experience or a magical Walt Disney World vacation, you can't limit yourself because you could pick this and then you don't have to, you get best of both worlds. Whether you're a traditional camper or an upscale glamper, that's me. Fort Wilderness <laughs> Campground can accommodate your level of outdoorsiness, regardless of what your level is. By choosing this resort, it might seem that you're just finding a secluded spot to camp as you would in a traditional camping experience, but Disney knows just what to offer to make your experience a step up always. You can choose to be stationed at campsites that are more secluded, rustic, and entrenched in nature, or you can be stationed closer to the hustle and bustle where there's more action. It's all up to you, and that's just very brief summary of part one and what you can expect from this resort. So now, Gina, kick us off with part two. So a popular question about this resort is, what are the eateries and where can I find them? Okay, this is one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> <laughs> Dining at the campsites at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort includes two restaurants and two dining shows and snack bars, all serving American food. You know, like the standard hamburgers, french fries, that kind of thing. Restaurant meals range from under $15 up to $60 per person based on average guest check. And that's not including alcohol, tax, and tip. So here are some of the main places to eat. 
Crockett's Tavern in Pioneer Hall, and it features beverages and snacks such as pizza, quesadillas. Uh, the pizza may also be ordered from the Trails Inn restaurant next door from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. and eaten outside the tavern. Trails Inn restaurant, which is one of my favorites, in Pioneer Hall, and it's all-you-can-eat buffet for breakfast, dinner, and an a la carte lunch. Um, we usually do dinner there, and it's very good. P&J's Southern Takeout. It's limited carryout items all day located at Trails Inn on the left. The Fort Wilderness food truck offers an assortment of burgers and salads to go. And then the Hoopty Doo Musical Review is an all-you-can-eat dinner show held nightly at Pioneer Hall. However, to our knowledge, it is not reopened as of from the pandemic yet. Right. And I heard a rumor saying they weren't going to bring it back. That's... I feel like that's sad. Only I know. Because, I mean, not only this is not the only reason, but that was an original thing that's like to me is a Walt thing, whether right. or not it really was or not. I think it was conceptually his idea, but he didn't live to see it out. Oh, I feel bad because I we had a reservation and I told Kaylee, we'll have another time to go see that. So I canceled that reservation and we never got to see it. So that's not good news. Another question that people might have is, can you shop there? Are there groceries available? And I know these are really important things for everybody to know. Um, there's two main shops at Fort Wilderness, the Settlement Trading Post, across from Trails Inn and Crockett's Tavern. It features souvenirs, Disney merchandise, pin trading, health and beauty, photos, sporting goods, kids' goods, women's goods, baby goods, beer and alcoholic beverages, as well as groceries and to my knowledge, I even saw this at the higher ends um, for people that like stay in the DVC places. You can like get milk and stuff. Um, we even got that even uh, we haven't done the values yet, but you can buy that stuff there and take yeah. it back to your room if you want it. Yeah, we did at the moderates. We bought milk and donuts and stuff and took them back to the room. That's what we did too. The other shop is the Meadow Trading Post and it's located at the Meadow Recreation Area in the center of Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. It has a small parking lot available for some cars and features the same kind of items that Settlement Trading Post does. But it also has like camping supplies that you might need like propane tanks and sewage hoses. Yes, you definitely need that if you've ever watched RV, you need a sewage hose. Um, <laughs> They also have a deli, a video rental, and expanded selection of Fort Wilderness souvenirs. And the Meadow Trading Post is also easier to navigate if you're using a wheelchair or an ECV, which a lot of people have there, especially if they're um, older or have disabilities, like I had to use one for one Christmas. They have a grocery delivery service. It's offered for the Fort Wilderness cabins. If you're a cabin guest, you can just pre-order your pantry full of fresh groceries days and even months before you get there. And they'll be ready for when you arrive, which is amazing. Your cabin will be stocked with your selections after 5 p.m. on the day that you check in. Um, guests that need any further supplies can try Gooding Supermarket, which is located in the Crossroads area. In addition, there are three Walmarts that are close to this resort. And another thing that I'm not sure. I mean, I know it's not on here is Amazon did a really brilliant thing not too long ago and put one of their hubs not far from Orlando. It's been a couple years now and you can get groceries within two hours as long as you have a $35 minimum and they'll deliver to anywhere on Disney property. So you have lots of selections if you don't pack your stuff. But if you're camping, I feel like you bring a lot of stuff with you. Mm -hmm. You would actually probably stop at Walmart on your way in. Yeah, but at least that's what we normally do. 
In case you change your mind or you need some other things, now we've given you some selections. Another popular question, can you rent camping gear at Fort Wilderness? Now, I would not probably be partaking of this service, but if you want to, you can. <laughs> uh, that's good to know. The official policy for Fort Wilderness is that rental tents and cots are only available to groups of 20 or more using Creekside Meadow, which is the primitive camping area. However, official policy and practice seem to differ. Individuals have rented equipment before and have reported that they were able to rent equipment if it was available and a group has not already made arrangements to rent it. Tents are $30 per night, cots are $4 per night. So it's a bit pricey, especially like once you add up all the days. So be sure to consider this into the cost of your trip if you're planning to rent these things. For sure. Okay, so another question that we get a lot is where do I rent bikes, golf carts, tennis equipment, etc.? The bike barn appropriate name. It's open 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and it's located behind the Meadow Trading Post and they rent bicycles, canoes, kayaks, and equi equipment for fishing and tennis. Life vests, which are provided, must be worn by all guests while in the boats. Gear for shuffleboard is complimentary to the guests with a valid Fort Wilderness Resort ID. Electric golf carts are also available for rent at the outpost, but as we said before, it's first come first serve on golf carts. Is there an, do we know if there's an age limit on the golf carts? We do not know I would that. say you have to have a driver's license. I, I would think say. so too, because that kind of scares me. <laughs> well, it kind of scares me when you drive down the road and you see kids driving them on the sidewalk these days. That's true. Well, that I was wondering, because well, I mean- that's my kids, so. <laughs> well, no, that's Kaylee grew up doing that. And that's why <laughs> we think that her and Joey and Hunter were able to drive so quickly they already had that going in their system but the golf cart had right. died by the time the quads were old enough to drive it and so that's what Kaylee's talking about uh I'm sure Disney does have rules when they do it I'm I don't know Brad did you remember if you had to be an adult like a driver's license to drive those golf carts did it say anything like that no it, he doesn't remember that but I would still check into that rule I would not be letting your eight-year-old drive it around I mean I know we did that in my mom's subdivision with Kaylee and she was very mature for her age but I just don't think it's safe. <laughs> I think that's true. I just meant for families that maybe have 14, 15 year olds thinking like, oh, it's fine if we let them drive them, especially if they have responsible ones, right. but just to check into it to be safe so they don't get checked and then they're in trouble and have to pay some sort of fee. Again, I don't know if any of this is true, but that would kind of take some of the magic out of your trip <laughs> if that just, happens. Just a little bit. So another thing that a lot of people want to know is, does Fort Wilderness allow pets? And the answer to that is yes, pets are allowed in some of the cabins, but they're allowed at all of the campsites. Obviously, you're bringing, most of you are bringing your campsite. I know you can rent tents and everything. Um, you can request a pet site when you make your reservation. They're going to charge you an additional $5 per day, which honestly, $5 a day to have a pet with you, I guess, is not a big deal because you would have to pay a lot more than that to kennel it for you to be gone on a trip. And they're, they're really part of your family, which we found out from our last trip. Your, um, even your pets can get depressed. I know I've heard that, but our cat actually got depressed from us being in Disney too long. Maybe she just wanted to be there with us, I don't know. For the cabins, as of October 15th, 2017, Walt Disney World has made four hotels pet friendly, and one of them is Fort Wilderness. Fort Wilderness has a fenced-in, leash-free, Wagon Trails Dog Park. Pretty cute. Wagon, get it? 
where playground where dogs go on vacation can lose the leash. The park is located next to the playground at Loop 300, but all the pet loops have access to it by the way of designated paths, and all the paths are marked with signs so that you can see where the wagon trails are. That's so cute though. Anyway, leash dogs are also allowed on the golf carts now, making the park even more accessible. It's open from dawn until dusk and it has several watering stations where bowls can um, are for self-filling. Note, if they haven't been used, the water in them gets very warm. So you will want to let the water run for a few minutes before you fill up your pet's water bowl or you might have hot water in there for them and you don't want to hurt your animal with warm water. They don't want warm water. I don't think too many drink coffee or tea. There's also a picnic table where you can relax while your dog plays. Dogs must be accompanied by a guest that's at least 12 and over and no unaccompanied dogs, puppies under four months or dogs in the heat are allowed. Use of the dog park is limited to the Fort Wilderness guests staying in one of the designated pet loops. So you can't just stop by the Fort Wilderness and check it out and bring your pet with you to see how you like it. Owners are expected to clean up after their pets in all areas. There is a receptacle to deposit pet waste as well as collection bags with which to pick up the waste located at each entrance and exit of the pet loops. Collection bags are also located between sites 1632 and 1634 beside the path to the comfort station and at the entrance to the pet walk in loop 300. Please don't be the people who leave the Disney dog park all gross. That's gross. Don't do that. <laughs> if you would rather board your pet during your stay, that can be done at the Best Friends Pet Care Kennel across from Port Orleans Riverside. In addition to walking dogs around the loops themselves, pet walks are also available. One is along the canal at Loop 300, a second along the creek at Loop 800, and the third behind Loop 1900, servicing the four pet loops around it, 1600 to 1900. Honestly, I think that people should check into that kennel. Can you imagine what that would be like? Because now when you take your dog to a kennel, they we know we have friends that take theirs to one here and he gets his picture taken doing all kinds of fun things. And then they can look and see video of the dog and all kinds of stuff. Um, I would be curious to see what it would be like to take him to the kennel at Disney World. That would be cool. Uh, my dog's not civilized enough to do that. She, <laughs> she doesn't, she gets along with people, not other dogs. So you've heard us talk about the campfire programs at the other resorts and Fort Walters is, so, is no exception. It also has a campfire program. Um, there is no admission fee and it's open to all the guests. Um, it generally begins around 6.30 and 7 p.m. during the fall and winter season and then 8 p.m. Um, around April through the summer. It's held near Meadow Trading Post in the campfire area. The program begins with a sing-along led by a Disney cast member and a marshmallow roast around two campfire rings. You may bring your own marshmallows or you buy them at the check wagon. Other refreshments are also available for purchase at the check wagon. While this is going on, Chip and Dale make an appearance to visit with guests and sign autographs. The sing-along lasts about 40 minutes. Um, Next are one or two Disney animated features are shown on a large outdoor screen and seating is available in bleachers or benches, but you can also lay out at a quilt or blanket. And I also want to mention, even if you're not staying at Fort Wilderness, if you happen to be there for dinner or whatever around this time, you can still participate in this campfire. We did. Well, you can also do the movies because we, on any of the sites, as far as I know, unless something's changed, because we didn't stay for the whole movie, but after we had dining reservations in the beach club, 
we peeked in on the movie because it was right there on the beach and how cool is that so mm -hmm. we just helped our little self we figured we had just eaten in there and nobody said anything i don't think Hopefully that, we can catch something when we're in october yeah we we really need three or four more days for this october I know. trip <laughs> i know i keep adding more days on and my husband's gonna be mad <laughs> So what is the Hoop-de-Doo review and how do I get there? So this is what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about places that you could eat. The Hoop-de-Doo re musical review is a popular long running dinner show that's been offered at Walt Disney World forever. Unfortunately, right now it is not open, like I said. Um, we are hoping that it returns to operation, although as Gina mentioned before, she heard a rumor that it's not coming back. Um, the show was being held at 4 p.m., 6.15 p.m. and 8.30 p.m and reservations you have to have those you can actually make those up to two years in advance it said and to get there the fort wilderness guests take a bus to the settlement depot non-fort wilderness guests go to pioneer hall and then um drive to fort wilderness and parking in the visitor lot then catch a bus to the outpost depot you can also drive to the contemporary or wilderness lodge and take a boat launch to the fort wilderness marina another way depending on the hours at magic kingdom or to take a resort bus to the Magic Kingdom and then take a boat from Magic Kingdom to Fort Wilderness. There are so many ways to get there. Pioneer Hall is a short walk from the marina. The menu for the dinner portion of the review is baked bread, fresh baked bread, tossed green salad with vinaigrette dressing, country fried chicken, smoked barbecue pork ribs, corn, baked beans, strawberry shortcake, coffee, soft drinks, hot and iced tea, and unlimited beer and wine. And I'm sad for a couple reasons, but one of the reasons I want to see the show, but the other reason is that is where I heard, I know Olivia has good fried chicken, but it's not fried chicken on the bone. And from what I understand, this is fried chicken on the bone and there's just nothing like good country fried chicken. So I'm hoping that the rumor is not true, Gina, and that this is going to reopen for a few reasons. We just need more restaurants anyway. We were talking about that when we were doing the um, Rumors and News show. We we need more restaurants open and we need more resorts open because Disney is packing up quickly. So another important question, especially if you have younger kids, although anybody can enjoy this, are there pools and where are they located? There are two heated outdoor swimming pools available for Fort Wilderness Resort guests only. The main pool is located near the Meadow Trading Post in the center of the campground, and the second smaller pool is located with the Wilderness Cabins between loops 2500 and 2700, which is more near the resort entrance. Lounge chairs and tables are provided. The pools are open 24 hours, but lifeguard hours vary seasonally. The main pool, Meadow Swimming Pool at the Meadow Trading Post, has been enhanced with a themed water slide, hot tub, and children's play area. So it sounds like that's mainly where you'd want to go if you got little bitties, mm -hmm. the main one. Yeah, I, I do like that they're putting the individualized children's areas now in more of the resorts because I think that's really important, especially with the smaller kiddos. And I like how they're keeping like some quiet pool stuff too. Yes. Because that's what my kids like. My kids like the quiet pools because they mostly have them to themselves. So another activity that most people probably have not thought about are what about horseback riding? So trail rides are offered several times a day, weather permitting. They are guided horseback rides at the Tri-Circle D Library at 
Fort Wilderness. The rides cost approximately $46 per person and last approximately 45 minutes. Riders must be at least nine years old and 14 inches tall and can weigh no more than 250 pounds. Nothing can be carried while on horseback. Small storage lockers are available at no charge. Open-toed flip shoes, flip-flops, and strapless shoes are not permitted. Parents must sign a consent form for all children under 18 years old. The horses are tame and walk pretty much single file during the ride. If you're an expert rider, it may be too, too dull for you. But if you've not ridden a horse before or done so rarely, it may be just what you're looking for. Reservations can be made up to 30 days in advance. Guests must pick up tickets at the Fort Wilderness Kennel at least 30 minutes prior to the start of the ride. Please allow for transportation time from other Disney resorts. That's pretty I cool. Know, I don't know anybody that has done that. I mean, I know tons of people go over to the Tricircle D and like look at the horses. Right. I don't know anybody that's done it either. But it's a little steep. $46 for 45 minutes. That's a dollar a minute, just give or take. Like a dollar two cents a minute. It's, it's a little bit. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it depends. It has a weight limit, though, which is interesting. So that's <laughs> going to limit a lot of people. Um, obviously not children. But I think it's interesting that you have to be nine. You would think that they had some smaller horses, but I guess it's just a insurance thing Liability. for Disney. Yeah. So some other recreational activities that are available at Fort Wilderness to the campers additionally are tennis. They have two lighted tennis courts with complimentary equipment that is available to the guests at the bike barn if you don't want to bring your own. Of course, you can always bring your own. I know Brad would like to bring his own tennis racket because that's just Brad. And they're open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. There's an archery experience. Whether you're a novice or an expert, an archery guide at the bike barn offers tips and training on how to hit the bullseye with a compound bow. And it's open to the resort guests and non-guests ages seven and up. It's a 90-minute experience and it costs $39 per person plus tax. It includes the equipment and the instruction and can be booked up to 90 days in advance. They do have walk-ups accepted, but they can't guarantee it. So it's better if you make a reservation. This experience is offered on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday afternoons from 2.45 to 4.15. And the class is approximately 10 people maximum. There's also specialty cruises, which right now I do not believe are happening because of the pandemic. But like everything else, it's opening up. So check when you're going if you decide to go to this place check with your agent if you're using an agent if not make sure you check with the concierge when you check in so the cruises are around bay lake and the seven seas lagoon with the option of ending with a special view of the magic kingdom fireworks prices include a driver with private dining available upon request so that would be very cool to do but just like i said make sure that it's available so that you don't get your hopes up and then find out later you should have done something prior and with all this fun stuff, I just need to make a reservation and not go to the parks at all and just <laughs> stay on property and do all this stuff. Which is exactly what I told Kaylee because Kaylee is really when wanting to stay at the Grand Floridian and my mom has um, her timeshare. You can get points to the Grand Floridian. It's one of the few resorts that you can on Disney property, which is different. But anyway, I told her, I said, we just should take grandma and she wants to do something fun and just go there and do the stuff outside of the parks and she would mm -hmm. be perfectly fine. And they have so many great things there. Yeah, there's just so much to do. Right. So many different places to eat and, you know, just even the look around the resorts. Right. Other things that this resort has to offer, Tri-Circle D Ranch, 
This is located at the outpost, which is the resort entrance. It offers 45 minutes guided trail rides on horseback. Tickets can be purchased at the kennel. So this seems like it's separate from what we talked about earlier. Yeah. With the trail rides, which is kind of crazy. They have two horseback related activities. Another activity is the Tricircle D Ranch and Farm slash Stables. This is located at the Settlement, which is also the marina. Guests can also see a blacksmith affix horseshoes on select days to Cinderella's ponies and the horses seen on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom Park. These are also the horses for the Halloween parades. You may also get a glimpse at those as well. That's really cool if you could see that. Pony Rides. Here's what mom was saying. Yes. These are offered from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. for children at least two years old. So this is more for the little bitties. Weighing no more than 80 pounds and no taller than 48 inches. They must also be able to hold on by themselves. The cost is $8 cash only. That seems cheap. Yes, I think so. And it's cheap. Very cheap. pay $20 at a fair. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Located in front of Pioneer Hall at the Tricircle D Farm, home to Cinderella's ponies and many other ponies and miniature horses. Close by are the Working Blacksmith Shop and Draft Horse Barn for all the horses who work at Walt Disney World. Note that children must wear closed-toed shoes to ride the ponies at Fort Wilderness. No reservations are required for this. Playgrounds are available at outdoor activity areas at Pioneer Hall, the Meadow Recreation Area, Creekside Meadow, and the Marina Beach area. Nightly wagon rides are available at Pioneer Hall, and private carriage rides are available, and special carriage rides are also offered during the holidays. Ooh, I want to do that. I know. Doesn't that sound fun? Dang it. Why did I know about this on Christmas and I were there? That would have been fun for our anniversary. They just got a lot going on at this resort. You're just going to have to go back. You can stay there like six times, I feel like, and you can't do all this stuff, even well, if you didn't go to the parks. if they those cabins, then I will stay there. I just, I'm sorry. I don't want my kids to sleep in the same room that I'm in. <laughs> Me either. Not my teenage kids, at least. If they were little, I wouldn't be that big. I have been saying this for how many years, mother? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some other things that you can do is bicycle rental, which is $9 plus tax an hour. $18 plus tax a day, which that's not hateful. That's a better deal. Right. Prices are just estimates, so call the bike barn for current pricing. Fishing in canals is free, or there's paid charter largemouth bass fishing excursion on Bay Lake, which include a professional guide, refreshments, like soft drinks, coffee, hot chocolate water, fishing gear, and a dozen shiners. You may also fish in the many canals running through Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. You can also rent casting rod fishing for $6 per half an hour or $12.50 per day. You can purchase worms or wrigglers for $5 per package and night crawlers for $6 per package. There's a sand volleyball court that is available near um, Meadow Trading Post. Horseshoes and shuffle boards are also available. Basketball and tethered tetherball courts are available in several loops. Basketballs are available at the courts. There's an arcade. Well, there's a couple arcades. Davy Crockett Arcade at Pioneer Hall, which is near the Settlement Depot. 
It's open 7 a.m. to midnight in the Nathaniel Boone Arcade near Meadow Trading Post, and it's open 7.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. There's a white sand beach, so you can soak up the sun or kick up the sand on a white sand beach along Tranquil Bay Lake. Also, the arcades are open back at Disney World. So if the resort is open, then the arcades are back open again. So I know for a while we were telling you that they weren't, but for, for now, they are open back up again and apparently doing some very nice business. Because uh, we saw the one on a vlog the other day and it was pretty packed. Also for fun, you can rent boats, watercraft at Fort Wilderness Marina from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, we're going to tell you some pricing for referencing, but we suggest contacting the bike barn for the most up-to-date pricing because like everything else, things change and we don't want you to plan on something and have it be wrong. But the current pricing we have is for a 21-foot Sun Tracker pontoon is $45 for a half hour and you have to be at least 18 years old to drive it. There are Sea Racers by Sea Ray. Those are $32 a half hour. The drivers have to be 12 years of age and up and at least five feet tall. The younger guests can be passengers, but they cannot ride on it by themselves. And the maximum combined weight between the two people riding it is 320 pounds. So just take that into consideration. Then there's a Boston Whaler Montauk, which is $45 a half hour, and it can fit up to six guests who must be 18 years of age and up to drive. These boats are restricted to the waterway from which they are rented and the parent or guardian signature is required for all drivers 12 to 18 years old. Well, I didn't, I thought they said they couldn't drive if they, that's confusing. And those prices seem so much cheaper than what they are at the other resorts. Is it just me that thinks that? I, that's per half hour though. Gina, that's $90 an hour. I know, that's... but the other ones are half hour too and I think they're a little more. Hmm. Well, and that's why we're saying make sure that you check because these prices could vary just from change, right? It's been a year. From since, location. Right. So water skiing, weightboarding starts at $140 an hour with a five guest maximum. There's parasailing. There's a swamp trail, three-fourths mile loop along the shore of Bay Lake. Fort Wilderness Exercise Trail, which is 2.3 miles paved in sand path. And then the electrical water pageant can be seen at 945 at night, approximately at the Fort Wilderness beaches and the marina. I don't know about you, Kaylee and Gina, but I don't know that I would be water skiing or parasailing on those lakes. That's Ooh, just me. Yeah, not with all them crocodiles around. I'm just, yeah, I'm just gonna keep it safe and stay in a boat that's a where they, I mean, they could technically get me, but I think I'd feel a little safer if I was on a watercraft. But I know some people are daring. Fair enough. Not me though. Me neither. Well, some have asked this question. Was there ever a train running inside Fort Wilderness? At one point there was. Old time steam trains began running in Fort Wilderness back in 1973. The steam train served as transportation for guests around the campground up until 1977 when they were decommissioned. Two of the cars were repainted and made into ticket booths at Pleasure Island. The trains sat around for years, rusting in the Florida humidity, but we're happy to report they were rescued by the Carrollwood Pacific Historical Society. Remnants of the track can still be seen at various places throughout Fort Wilderness. That's pretty neat. That would have been cool. That would have been a reason to stay there, especially if you have a little boy who likes trains like your brother did. True, but I feel like every little boy liked trains back then, because what else was there to like? <laughs> they didn't have video games back then. <laughs> True. <laughs> so what is this I hear about a real cabin at Port Wilderness? Is it true? 
At one time, there was a single reel cabin on site, uh, 12.05, that was available for guest booking. Unfortunately, it has been dismantled and moved to another location within the campground where it serves as an interpretive center. It is no longer available for guest reservations. Aw, sad. Yeah. So we had heard rumor that there are Segway tours possible at Fort Wilderness. Uh, the Wilderness Back Trail Adventures offer tours of the stunning surroundings of the Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort on a Segway with personal transporter to view the scenery of Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, its beaches, the Wilderness Lodge, and Bay Lake. No experience is necessary. Training is provided before the tour. Again, this is not something that I feel comfortable doing or trying out in somewhere I'm not familiar and I could see this would just involve me being in an ER visit. I Bring your cameras, people. Well, maybe it'd be worth it. Just bring your cameras and be ready for America's no, Funniest Home Video. <laughs> How many summers have I lost out to uh, shoulder injury and two knee replacements? Ah, I'm going to pass. That's true. That's true. All right. The biggest question for the youngins out there and me. Does Fort Wilderness have internet access? Yeah, I'm pretty sure anything else we have talked about would literally be irrelevant if it didn't have internet access. <laughs> um, like the other resorts, Disney offers free Wi-Fi. It is available at Reception Outpost, Meadow, Crockett's Tavern, and the cabins. Technical support is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week by calling the vendor Smart City. Campsites must pick up a modem kit at the Reception Post. Internet access is free but there is a $125 deposit hold on credit card. Once the kit is returned, the hold will be released. And I think that's fair because that's true. The modems are expensive. Right? Well, I hope you got somebody who knows how to work that stuff. So no doubt. that's why we bring your dad. Well, if you're bringing older family, because I feel like, again, if it's like a whole family thing and they like to camp, like just be prepared. Like if it's like a family reunion, you're going to be setting up the modem for multiple cabins, depending on who all you're and bringing the kids with you. Could probably set it up faster than anybody. So uh, you'd hope, but doesn't mean Sometimes. they want to. Yeah. So, what does Fort Wilderness do for the holidays? I don't know about you guys, but I love the holidays at the resorts, and Fort Wilderness is no exception. So, no other resort does more than Fort Wilderness for all the holidays. It not only decorates, it also holds special events that no other resorts have. So at Easter, not only do they have a field day where they have like, you know, the old fashioned games like Red River and Tug of War um, at the bike barn, but they also have Trailblazing Bingo, which is up my alley and the nightly movie at Chippendale's campfire area. Guests get to take part in the search for the golden egg. It's a time-honored tradition and an Easter egg hunt like no other. Guests search clue by clue for the golden egg, with a new clue given out every hour after the starting time until the golden egg is discovered. That would be awesome. That is so fun. Oh, I'm so I just competitive. Want to play bingo. I'm going back to the trailblazing bingo. <laughs> yeah, playing bingo at Disney World would be pretty fun. That would be fun. We did it on the cruise, and it was fun. 
So for 4th of July, guests come from around Walt Disney World to see something special. Disney features an annual hometown style parade with guests as part of it. Like the Halloween in their Christmas parades, which you'll hear about in a second, these are the only parades that guests and Disney do together. The guests march, drive decorated golf carts, and ride decorated bikes in the parade. And if you want to be in the parade, you just get a registration form at the outpost, the settlement, or the meadow trading post. And I know there's a lot of subdivisions around here that do stuff like this. Ours never did stuff like this. I think this is kind of Precious. stuff is cool. Halloween, quite a few things happen during the Halloween season. Disney holds another parade with the guests with all the decorated golf carts. Plus they have a site decorating contest and a pet costume parade and contest. That's adorable. They also have the mummy run where a team makes a mummy costume out of toilet paper on one team member. That person has to then run with the other mummies. And after you're all back, the costumes are judged. Prizes are awarded for all of these. You can obtain a registration form at the outpost, the settlement, or the meadow trading post if you want to be a part of this. And this is the one thing when we did the trip report with Heidi, um, our friend Heidi that stayed there, she was amazed, and she's DVC, but she was amazed at the amount of inflatables that these people found and had on their camping spots with them um, for the Halloween season. She just, awesome. she couldn't get over it. All right, so let's talk about my favorite holiday, Christmas. There's a couple of events to note during this holiday season, and I'd suggest asking about registration or application entry fee for these events, because there is one. So site decorating contests, um, holiday campers have an unofficial decorating competition for wilderness cast members bring extension ladders so guests can hang lights in the 60 foot high trees. That's like insane. That is crazy. <laughs> the prize is for your site to be a featured stop on the campground tour. They also have sleigh rides. Um, the resort has horse-drawn sleigh rides from approximately Thanksgiving week to the end of December. And a fire engine red sleigh on wheels with garland and holiday lights takes you on a leisurely 25-minute ride into the forest and parts of the resort. Four adults are two adults and three small children can ride on each leg. Rides are $60 per party and depart from the blacksmith shop near the settlement area. And I feel like that's a very reasonable price. Yeah, I was going to say too. that's not a bad price. Because it's your whole party. Like they right. usually charge like per person. Per person. Right. I, I always like it when they do a thing just like at drive-ins and when we go to like the lights for Christmas around here at the parks. I like when it's a just one car price. I mean, they're making money either way. So what are the decoration rules for Fort Wilderness sites? So Fort Wilderness has the following decoration rules. Holiday decorations are not allowed in public areas to ensure the safety of guests. All holiday decorations need to be at least five feet away from all sidewalks to maintain safe and clear access for all the guests that are utilizing the sidewalks. And all holiday decorations need to be at least 30 feet away from all main roadways to minimize the traffic and congestion and the distraction to nearby motorists. Fair enough. Pretty simple and straightforward, I think. I don't really think getting on a ladder to decorate a 60-foot tree is very safe, but I mean. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. It is what it is. <laughs> All holiday decorations should be placed on the guest's <laughs> site. Site boundaries are defined as the space that is halfway between one site pad and the next. All holiday decorations need to be inside this boundary. Any decorations that disrupt or interfere with a neighboring site will need to be removed or relocated. 
Any holiday decorations suspended from trees must be illuminated. Remember to maintain clear visibility for all decorations that are suspended from trees or other items. Any suspended decorations which pose a potential hazard to the safety of guests will need to be removed or relocated. All holiday decorations must be in good taste. It is requested that all holiday decorations be family friendly. That was a good way of saying no raunchy decorating. Yeah, and I'm glad for that. So I can't have my leg lamp. <laughs> I don't think the, <laughs> the leg lamp's everywhere. I think that's a given, but. I think they probably mean like, I know some people around here decorate where they protect, they do like a stuffed person hanging from the roof and like mm -hmm. half decorate and things like that where it looks dangerous, I guess. Just things like that. I don't know. That's crazy. So all electric power access must come from the guest's own site for decorations that require electrical power. Plugging into a neighbor's power supply or into a public area location is absolutely prohibited. Don't do it. All electrical cords must be secured and clear from all walkways to maintain a safe environment. All outdoor lighting must be outdoor rated. Do not use lighting or electrical cords that are intended for indoor use only. All lighting must be clearly marked as UL approved. First safety should be considered at all times. Use of LED lighting is strongly encouraged to conserve energy and to ensure an adequate power supply. I like the LED lights better. I think they're brighter. Yeah, Brad likes the LED lights too. So there's a lot that goes into this decorating, but if everybody follows the rules, then they'll be able to do it. And the reason we have to be so careful is because you are in the woods. And if you have a fire there, that could damage a lot of stuff very quickly, especially it's been dry. So I'm glad that Disney has all those rules in place. And I, I know there are lights that you can buy for indoor only, but for the most part, when we go anywhere now, I usually see the lights say indoor, outdoor. So I, I'm wondering if they're going to more of that. I know when we were younger, when I was younger, you could always get just indoor or just outdoor, but I feel like it's more of a crossover now in a safety situation, just to cover everybody's behinds. Well, Kaylee and Gina, thank you so much for helping me finish off part two of the Wilderness Resort reviews, because wow, that was a lot that took two times. So make sure if you're considering going to Fort Wilderness and you want to hear about it, I would listen to both episodes because there is a ton of information. And like Gina said, you could go many times and not do everything that's available to you. It was a lot, of, a lot of fun for me. So I hope it was fun for you guys as well. Be sure to tune in again for more resort reviews coming your way soon. We'll be hitting up the value resorts pretty quickly. A few final reminders before we sign off, please email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com with questions or comments to book a trip, to get a free quote, or if you're interested in being a guest on our show. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your reservation, so contact us today. Again, that email address is mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, or our Your Story Travel TikTok account at Your Story Travel. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gay. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, girls, I think it's about that time. Disney love. And pixie dust. See you real soon. Have a magical day, my friends. <laughs>